Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Friday, July 9th, 2021. This past Sunday, July 4th, the God of Surprises made another appearance in Rome during the Angelus Address of Jorge Bergoglio, Pope Francis. The Gospel passage for the day was Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, in which our blessed Lord teaches at the synagogue in Nazareth, and the people don't understand how he can have all this wisdom, having never studied, and they reject him because they know him, or so they think. They know him as the carpenter, the son of Joseph and Mary, etc. Now, Francis, of course, wasted no time in turning this into an advertisement for the supposed need to open ourselves up to what is new. Here's what he said, quote, When we allow the convenience of habit and the dictatorship of prejudice to have the upper hand, it is difficult to open ourselves to what is new and allow ourselves to be amazed. We control through attitudes, through prejudices. It often happens in life that we seek from our experiences and even from people only what conforms to our own ideas and ways of thinking so as never to have to make an effort to change. And this can even happen with God and even to us believers, to us who think we know Jesus, that we already know so much about him that it is enough to repeat the same things as always. And this is not enough with God, but without openness to what is new and, above all, listen well, openness to God's surprises, without amazement, faith becomes a tiring litany that slowly dies out and becomes a habit, a social habit. Unquote. This is typical Bergolian modernist junk. Francis is introducing dangerous, even blasphemous ideas based on half-truths with the goal of getting people to accept a revolution in doctrine and discipline, because that's obviously where this is going. As we said in the last podcast, yes, of course, Christ introduced newness because he established a new covenant and gave us new revelation, himself being the definitive revelation of the Father. Remember, in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, St. Paul writes, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, last of all in these days hath spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, unquote. But that new revelation that Christ gave us ended with the death of the last apostle around the year 100 AD. It does not continue throughout church history with ever more, ever newer revelations or surprises, as Francis would call them. And so, the First Vatican Council in 1870 teaches, quote, For the Holy Spirit was not promised 
to the successors of Peter that by his revelation they might disclose new doctrine, but that by his help they might guard sacredly the revelation transmitted through the apostles and the deposit of faith, and might faithfully set it forth. Unquote. And you can read that in Denzinger, number 1836. Also, in 1907, Pope St. Pius X issued the Syllabus of Modernist Errors, which includes the following proposition as error number 21. Quote, Revelation constituting the object of Catholic faith was not completed with the apostles. Unquote. That idea is condemned as modernist. You can find that in Denzinger, number 2021. So, when Francis says that Christ brought newness, he is right. But it is the newness of the gospel, which has been set in stone and handed on in sacred tradition for the last 2,000 years. To introduce yet newer things now means overthrowing that tradition and introducing a new religion. The new covenant is the eternal covenant. That is it. It was established by Christ in his own blood. So there is nothing more new coming. There is no even newer covenant. Sacred tradition is the newness brought by Christ. Anything more new, so to speak, than sacred tradition is the novelty of heresy. That is what St. Paul had in mind when he said to the Galatians, quote, I wonder that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, only there are some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach a gospel to you besides that which we have preached to you, let him be anathema, unquote. And that's Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Now, of course, Francis also had to fit the word encounter into his Angelus address somewhere, and so he said, quote, What is amazement? Amazement happens when we meet God. I met the Lord. But we read in the gospel, many times the people who encountered Jesus and recognized him felt amazed. And we, by encountering God, must follow this path to feel amazement. It is like the guarantee certificate that the encounter is true and not habitual. Unquote. So, there you see once more the modernist emphasis on subjective experience. You must feel a certain way in order to be truly in touch with God. See, for the modernist, faith is not grounded in reason, but in a subjective experience. Now, the Catholic knows that that is false. The foundation for faith is objective reason, not some subjective encounter. And look at the foolishness of this. Francis says that feeling amazement in this encounter is a guarantee that it's authentic. Why do I say it's foolish? Because the very text of the gospel 
that he's preaching about, Mark 6, uh, 1 through 6, mentions how the people were amazed at Christ's wisdom and his preaching, but did not believe in him. So much for amazement as a guarantee for anything. Besides, why should Catholics alone have a monopoly on amazing encounters? What if a Muslim has an encounter with Muhammad or Allah? Does that then make the Muslim religion true? Or how about the Hindu who encounters Brahma during some idolatrous ritual? And of course, we all know about the Amazonians encountering Pachamama in the Vatican Gardens. So, you see how Novus Ordo theology, when taken to its logical conclusion, dissolves Catholicism. And that's why Vatican II and the post-conciliar magisterium has produced this mass apostasy, this universal dissolution of the Catholic faith. Now, let's go to another address the Frankster recently gave, this one on June 28, 2021, to the Eastern Orthodox Delegation of the Ecumenical Patriarchate of Constantinople. Speaking about COVID-19, Francis pointed out that only one thing is more serious than this pandemic. And can you guess what it is? Take a guess. Is it sin? Is it the loss of faith? The threat of eternal damnation? The destruction of innocence? Widespread contempt for virtue? Or the attack on the supernatural end of man? No, of course not. Give me a break. He couldn't care less about those things. What is it then? Well, let me quote Francis directly. Quote, Only one thing is more serious than this crisis, and that is the risk that we will squander it and not learn the lesson it teaches. It is a lesson in humility showing us that it is not possible to live healthy lives in an unhealthy world or to go on as we were without recognizing what went wrong. Even now, the great desire to return to normality can mask the senseless notion that we can go back to relying on false securities, habits, and projects that aim exclusively at pursuing wealth and personal interests while failing to respond to global injustice, the cry of the poor, and the precarious health of our planet, unquote. Now, you've got to hand it to Francis. No matter what happens, somehow he always finds a way to interpret it as pointing to his ideology as the solution. Because, you know, one could look at this very differently. Could one not say that this pandemic has taught us that the culture of encounter is dangerous? That one should not rush to embrace and touch and feel and mingle with others? That it's perhaps better to be a little more individualistic? Now look, I'm not saying that that's what we should be thinking here. I'm just pointing out that if you really want to, you can read all sorts of things into recent events and can easily interpret them in a way that contradicts what Francis constantly preaches. By no means does it point to his ideology as the solution. 
Which means that what Francis says about this is gratuitous. Meaning, he just makes assertions without evidence. He simply spins things in such a way that they appear to support his ideology. He's not proving what he preaches from facts. He is rather using factual, and even not so factual, events to boost his false gospel. That's all this is. And yes, it is a false gospel. He preaches the gospel of man. He uses COVID to preach about how to make the world supposedly a better place. You know what he could be using COVID for? He could be teaching people that the lesson to be drawn from COVID is that this world is not our home. That this world is one of sickness and disease and death. And that we do not have here a lasting city, as St. Paul says in Hebrews 13:14. Quote, For we have not here a lasting city, but we seek one that is to come. Unquote. Francis could be teaching that COVID has reminded us that we should keep our eyes on the supernatural goal for which we were created, which is eternal beatitude in heaven, and that we must labor to win as many souls to Christ and his church as possible and snatch them from the clutches of the devil who seeks their eternal damnation. Francis could be teaching that. And yet he doesn't. His focus is on what? Green energy, human fraternity, sustainable development, social justice, questionable vaccines, globalism, open borders, culture of encounter, the economy of Francesco. The salvation of souls is never Francis' concern. Galatians 6, 8 is very applicable here. St. Paul says, quote, for what things a man shall sow, those also shall he reap. For he that soweth in his flesh, of the flesh also shall reap corruption. But he that soweth in the spirit, of the spirit shall reap life everlasting. Unquote. This temporal world has one absolutely certain destination for everyone. Death. Young or old, rich or poor, handsome or ugly, disabled or able-bodied, saint or sinner, Catholic or communist, one day, sooner or later, you will die. That's why our Lord says in Mark 8.36, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his soul? Unquote. Now, in his address to the Eastern Orthodox delegation, Francis even managed to acknowledge for once that, quote, the present crisis calls us to distinguish, discern, and sift in everything we do between what is enduring and what is passing, unquote. But instead of calling those people back to the Catholic Church, outside of which there is no salvation, Francis instead focuses on how love alone will remain forever, which is true, properly understood. And then he turns that into an impetus for more ecumenism. Of course, what else, right? He says to the Orthodox, quote, could we not begin a new phase of relations between our churches, marked by walking more closely together, 
by desiring to take real steps forward, by becoming more willing to be truly responsible for one another. If we are docile to love, to the Holy Spirit, who is the creative love of God and who brings harmony to diversity, he will open the way to a renewed fraternity, unquote. <laughs> oh, brother. Well, I guess, I guess he forgot encounter. Okay. Other than that, I think he's got all his buzzwords there. My goodness, so much vagueness, so little said in so many words. What does it mean to walk more closely together, to take real steps forward, to be truly responsible for each other? What is a renewed fraternity concretely? Well, hey, Francis at least gives one example. He says, quote, A fine prophetic sign would be closer cooperation between Orthodox and Catholics in the dialogue with other religious traditions, unquote. Yeah, well, first, it has nothing to do with prophecy, okay? Secondly, just picture this closer cooperation in action. Let's say the Novus Ordos and the Orthodox are preparing together an explanation of the Holy Trinity for their interreligious dialogue with Muslims. And then the Muslims find out that the Novus Ordos and the Orthodox can't even agree on whether the Holy Ghost proceeds from the Father and the Son or from the Father only. Yeah, that's going to be a really great prophetic witness there, isn't it? Well, look, the reason Francis loves to be steeped in vagueness is so that all options are open. You can interpret all kinds of things into his vague words, if you choose to or not. In this way, Francis is opening countless doors to any number of novelties, all eventually brought to you, of course, by the God of Surprises. And with that much advertising for surprising newness, along with his recent condemnations of rigidly clinging to past certainties, you know Francis must have something really new planned that'll be coming down the pike there pretty soon in Rome. The one thing we know about it for sure is that it's going to be an encounter that will be absolutely amazing. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.